This message is sponsored by Amazon. I want to get back to kissing the cheeks of my grandbabies, making Sunday dinner with a house full of family and lots of laughs. <laughs> COVID-19 has changed how we live and how we feel, but now there are vaccines. It's okay to have questions. Now get the facts. Visit GetVaccineAnswers.org so you can make an informed decision about COVID-19 vaccines. It's up to you. Brought to you by the Ad Council. Well, folks, welcome to one more edition of Politics and Run. I'm Egberto Willis, your host. Thank you so kindly for being a part of the show. We are going to have a great show for you today. In fact, uh, today is more of a show that says, you know, Neighbors helping neighbors, doing the right thing. Uh, we have a great interview with somebody from Northwest Ministries that I think it's going to show you what we can be. I, you know, I'm a humanist. I'm not into the religious kind of a thing. But just watching what these guys have done throughout Houston and uh, through, you know, it's kind of organizations that work over, over time to make things better for people. I think you guys are going to appreciate this quite well. I think you're going to like this. But before you get busy, let me see. Bridge MCP busted. Why? Why the numbers behind Mitch McConnell's election don't add up? I saw that article. I didn't want to write about it because I didn't want to start to do the tit for tat as far as the... the, uh, the I, you know, I didn't want to do that, you know. Oh, am I delayed a bit? Sorry about that. Uh, we had a lot of problems actually getting started today, but we'll see, we'll see, we'll see, we'll see. Anyhow, Trump, uh, Michael Rudnan says, Trump wants one last act of redemption for four horrible years of screwing everybody. In a surprise video announcement posted, uh, Twitter, Trump called for build a disgrace, which it is, wasteful and unnecessary, which it is. He demanded that lawmakers increase the stimulus to uh, $2,000 per person. Yes. I don't know if he's doing that out of the kindness of his heart or it's part of some sort of a plan to get people on his side so that if he decides to effect a coup on January 6th or whatever he tries, that he will get some sort of a good feeling from people. It's not going to work, of course, but Trump is throwing everything at the wall to see what would stick. Does, do, does he really care about giving people $2,000? We have to get we have to get out of the belief that Trump cares about anybody other than himself. Not even his kids, his wife, nobody. Trump cares about Trump. Nothing else. It's all about Trump. So uh, it's great. I mean, if, if we benefit from $2,000 per person, that would be excellent. Uh, Rashida Talib and AOC, there's a bill ready to go on the floor tomorrow, not to force him to veto, but to say, hey, go sign the bill. And we'll pass this bill that adds the $1,400 to that $600 to make it $2,000. And then that's what will go up. To, look, right now what we need is a basic income to everybody that's not working. Actually, I think to, to, as a primer, we need a basic income to everybody right now. And those people that are out there working in the pandemic, they need something extra. We need to f- start this economy flying. And that's how you do it. Basic income, it works, it works, it works. Okay. Last minute delay. Okay, uh, Mike Cisak says, Egberto, if people were allowed to work like normal, they wouldn't need this charity. You see, it's not charity, Mike Cisak. And understand economics. Economics has nothing to do with charity. Economics is a man-made, a human-made design to have interchange of products and services. Okay. And when the failure of that design, when there's failure in that design, you may want to add primers to that design so that the, that the machine doesn't draw to a halt. So $2,000 to people isn't charity. Let me tell you what is charity. Charity is what farmers get when farmers get not to buy, uh, paid not to uh, grow soybeans and all that kind of stuff. That is charity. Why is that charity? Because of the way it is done on a permanent basis. Okay? Uh, I, I shouldn't even say because of how it's done in permanent basis, but because of how it is used. That is charity. Not to grow soybean. Extra money. You know, things like, uh, like uh, duck corn would not be profitable without a false subsidy. So, you know, when, when we have people in the, in the, in the, in the um, rural areas trying to say, oh, all these people are on welfare. Let's, let's understand 
what giveaways really look like. Okay, Michael Rodnin says, a religious sort of thing. After permit approved for white churches, uh, Minnesota town insists it isn't <laughs> racist. Oh, God, don't get us there. I don't want to get on that subject. Uh, okay, I don't want to get there yet. Okay, Michael Rodnin said, Ray, that's the bridge. Trump is doing it because, like me, we're pissed at all the special interest spending the Democrats and GOP establishment put in. Don't tie the Demo- – well, actually, you're right, CSAC. I was about to say, don't tie the Democrats, but no, establishment Democrats is what you're speaking about, and I can take that. Mike CSAC, what works? The failure of Democrat authoritarians who are shutting down business at the state and the local – oh, God. We're not going to go there. But anyhow, welcome aboard, Mike CSAC. Welcome aboard, Ann Sperber. Welcome aboard, uh, Bridge MCP. Uh, Bridge MCP has been doing some great design for us recently. I just pulled it. I accidentally pulled it down. Now I got to go find it. But that's fine. Thank you, uh, Bridge MCP, for all that you do. Mike Sisak, Michael Rodnin, our, our researcher here. Anyhow, title of the show today. The title of the show today is, and I'll get to the title right now, Americans in Need. This nonprofit succeed where the GOP sabotaged government fails. Okay, I repeat. This nonprofit succeeds where, where a GOP sabotaged government fails. Northwestern Assistant Ministries is doing what government should be doing. Brian Carr explains how they do it. People over corporations. But before we get there, there's a video that I told you last night that I wanted to share with you all. And the purpose of this video was to kind of show you that the fallacy of us being a democracy needs to be debunked. And that's what I did along with some of the info and the blog that goes along with it. So let me go ahead and play that, and then I'll pull up that blog that I wrote to correspond to this and let you know what I said in that blog. But let's take a look at it. Let's go ahead and do that now. If we're to make progress in this country, we have to, first of all, be honest. Secondly, we have to dispel the belief that we are a real democracy, one person, one vote. It is absolutely not true. So therefore, um, there's, a, there's a little piece that Chuck Todd did on Sunday that I think everybody should see, but, uh, and then we'll discuss it a little further thereafter. Check this out, and then we'll talk about it afterwards. Did President-elect Biden win by a lot or by a little? Take the popular vote this year. Biden won by a sizable amount, four and a half percentage points and seven million raw votes. And as we noted here, a few second largest percentage point margin since the year 2000. It was second only to Obama-Biden in 2008. But let's take a look at the three states that put Biden over the top in the Electoral College and compare that to the three states that gave Donald Trump the presidency in 2016. As many disappointed Democrats have pointed out for four years, Mr. Trump won Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, and Michigan by a total of just under 78,000 votes. Pretty small margin. But Biden won Arizona, Georgia, and Wisconsin by just about 43,000 votes combined. An even smaller margin to an already small margin. So Biden won by 7 million votes, but flipped less than 1% of that margin in three states, and he loses the election. This is part of the reason Democrats loathe the Electoral College these days and Republicans love it. Here's another way to look at it. Consider the 2000 election. Even outside of Florida, the election was extremely close. In eight states, the winning candidate's margin was less than 3.5 percentage points. And that reflected the national popular vote, where the margin was just 547,000. Now compare that to 2020. There were still eight states where the winning candidate's margin was within 3.5 points. Different states, mostly. But the national popular vote was a whopping 7 million. The more that Democratic votes are packed into just a few states, the more Republicans can win the Electoral College while losing the popular vote. Don't count on Republicans calling for an end to the Electoral College anytime soon. And the popular vote, we're a center-left nation. But our institutions, like the Electoral College, keep us center-right. I don't know if people see the gravity of that analysis Chuck Todd just placed there. It is important. In other words, Donald Trump won the Electoral College in 2016 by a larger margin than uh, Joe Biden could have lost the Electoral College in 2020. In other words, a shift of 44,000 votes would have given, uh, would have given Trump the election. A shift of 77,000 votes would have given Hillary Clinton the election. That is scary, especially since Do- uh, 
Biden won more than twice as many votes as Hillary Clinton did. This is crazy. This is not a democracy. How is the Electoral College built as well? Of course, uh, it's, it uses the, uh, it's one of the members, or again, the number counts as how many senators you have. How can North Dakota, with a few hundred thousand people, have the same amount of votes as 40 million people in uh, California? Uh, it, is, it makes absolutely no sense. So all those people who thought we were created on the bastion of freedom, on the bastion of one person, one vote, on all... It's not true. It was always an illusion. We were lucky that these things were infrequent when they happened. But now? Now where we have population centers in big cities, now where we have that the, the, the success is really in the blue states, and that is where people want a whole lot of people want to be in the blue states, we are going to constantly have where we have large blue votes. And continuously diminishing red votes with a more power per vote than those than the majority of the population. That is not a democracy. That is not sustainable. We have to start winning in huge landslides so that we can make this a change, a codified change within our constitution, our codified change within our laws. This is this is completely a problem pointing out America is not a democracy and we have no right going around the world telling them how they should work their democracy when ours is so screwed up. And yes, our democracy is screwed up. I wrote a, a, a correspondent blog called Catastrophe Averted, Why We Are Not a Democracy, Center-Left Country Governed as Center-Right. In other words, the people vote as a center-left country, mostly left but center-left country, yet we are governed center-right. That is not a democracy. We need to scream this from the Capitol. We are not a democracy. This piece shows that one person, one vote does not exist in America. Does anyone realize that even as Joe Biden won by north of 7 million votes, he could have lost the Electoral College and the presidency, winning $7 million, 7 million votes more and still lose? This is absurd. It is scary how close we came to that reality. Hillary Clinton lost the Electoral College by not holding the blue wall when she lost Pennsylvania, Michigan, and Wisconsin. Joe Biden won by rebuilding the blue wall and winning two unlikely states while losing Florida and Ohio. The following table shows, and let me show you that table that I need to put on the screen. The following table shows, the following table shows, uh, uh, should scare every Democrat. It should scare every progressive. And check the table out I have on the screen right now. And then I follow up by saying, Joe Biden won the Electoral College by a smaller margin than what Donald Trump won it by. Think about that. Donald Trump won the Electoral College by a larger margin than Joe Biden won the Electoral College. Yet, won more than twice as many votes in excess of Hillary Clinton. In other words, she won 2.8 million votes more than Donald Trump. He won more than 7 million votes more than Donald Trump. And still, he won the Electoral College by less than what Donald Trump won, the, or rather, uh, he beat Donald Trump by less than what Donald Trump won with his Electoral College quasi-win. Of course, the Constitution is ripe with undemocratic tenets. California has 67.6 times the population of Wyoming. Hear this again. California has 67.6 times the amount of people that uh, Wyoming has. Wyoming has 500,000 or so people. California has 39 point something million people. 67 times more. Yet each has two senators. That is an affront to democracy. No historical explanation is valid for the Electoral College. No historical explanation is valid for the states, irrespective of their population, having two senators. That is silly. That is junk. That is bad politics. That is bad democracy. It is something that we should revolt about. It takes away. 
it puts the power into the hands of people who, first of all, does not deserve it based on what they provide to society. Most of what's provided in society today comes from the cities, comes from the blue areas, etc. And to have these politicians who accomplish nothing able to tell us what to do. When we have uh, 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 Mitch McConnell, a state that is a debtor state, a state that cannot survive without being a welfare state, a state where blue states throw money into for it to survive. When the senator of that state can control the personal economies of the entire country, that is not a democracy. That is not a democracy. And until people understand that, until people fight for that, until people vote for that and make sure that we get a constitutional amendment to mitigate those, those realities, we will continue to have problems. Because when, when, the, when the majority is governed by the minority, all hell breaks loose because you constantly get policies that favor a few. And that is where we are. We are a center-left country that is forced, governed by a center-right government. This is unsustainable, entirely unsustainable. Well, as we all know, folks, Donald Trump uh, thinks that people want him. Well, maybe he'll get the clue now that one of his friends is now telling him, get the hell out of there. And it's an evangelical. And we evangelicals are, you know, they, they are pretty much, the evangelical leaders pretty much are no different than Donald Trump. I'm not talking about my brothers and sisters that are evangelical Christians. They are good people just misled by the heads, by people that are fairly evil. Again, I repeat, I repeat, the evangelical leaders are evil. The evangelical Christians are good people that are simply misled by the evil because their Bible tells them that these are the shepherds. Introducing touch-free payments from PayPal, a safe way for your customers to pay. Simply download the PayPal app and display your own unique QR code for your customers to scan. Whether you're a market seller, I'll take two tomatoes and a poodle pamperer, <laughs> piano tuner, or plumber. Signing up to accept touch-free payments for your business is easy. Touch-free QR code payments. Shop safe with PayPal. Introducing touch-free payments from PayPal, a safe way for your customers to pay. Simply download the PayPal app and display your own unique QR code for your customers to scan. Whether you're a market seller, I'll take two tomatoes and a cucumber. Poodle pamperer, piano tuner, or plumber. Signing up to accept touch-free payments for your business is easy. Touch-free QR code payments. Shop safe with PayPal. ...that move the flock. I repeat, my evangelical brothers and sisters are good people. The bad ones or the, the evil ones are their leaders who support... Donald Trump and forces their pew to do the same. Check this out. Even the televangelist Pat Robertson is telling Trump it's time to move on. I think it's all over. I think the Electoral College has spoken. With all his talent and the ability of, to raise money and draw large crowds, the president still lives in an alternate reality. He really does. The president still lives in an alternate reality. He really does. People say, well, he lies about this, that, and the other. But no, he isn't lying. To him, that's the truth. We, to him, that is the truth. To him, that is the truth. In other words, well, you know, yeah, my good friend is a liar. But he's not really a bad liar. Because when Trump is talking the crap that he talks, he really believes it. So he's okay. He's okay. He believes it. No, the president is a bona fide liar and the president is an evil person. One can only be evil doing the things that he does. 
Okay, pastors better learn how to live stream. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you, Michael Rodden. I hear you. Uh, John Carter, Harris County in Texas has more population than 20 plus states, yet we don't have an electoral college vote. I want you guys to think about what uh, John Carter just said. There's not a Harris County person who is voting in the electoral college. I said what I think uh, he's just saying there. Think that. Uh, welcome aboard, Mukhtar Shuaibu. Uh, Shuai uh, let's see. Let's see how to update my book. Uh, let's see. Let's see who else is here that I need that I haven't called out yet. That I haven't called out yet. I know I saw a lot come in. Uh, John Carter, I think I called you out, my brother. Uh, Jody Jecha Vanstrat, welcome aboard. Uh, we also have Robert Reed. Welcome aboard, Robert. Robert says people are running out of some blue states with a trail of hellfire behind. <laughs> really? I don't really think so. Let me tell you, when all those blues, you know, everybody run, a lot of Californians run to Texas, mostly because our taxes are lower than California. Eventually what catches up with you is that California educates its people, New York educates its people, and then all those people who want uh, the business people run, right? And when the business people run, they don't realize that they, what they run into is they run into, uh, they have to bring all these other people with them. And as they bring these other people with them, the culture of the state changes. And when the culture of the state changes, it flips. It's what happened in Arizona. It's what happened in Nevada. It's what's happening in Georgia. So, you know, people can say, oh, they're running to low taxes. When the businesses run to low taxes, that's fine. But eventually, they will, when they have to bring the educated people along, they change the flavor of the state vis-a-vis -vis again. Arizona, Nevada, Georgia, North Carolina, uh, Virginia. So again, people understand. There, uh, this country is mostly an educated country and that you have a lot of, that you have a lot of areas in this country that work on the stupor of people. And I'm not calling the people stupid. I'm calling it the stupor of people, meaning uh, demagogues go into these areas and try to keep people down. And then people leave. Look, it's a, it, that's another book for me to write. I'll, I'll write the other book because when I try to say it in short, it's, I'm listening to myself and a part of me just sounded condescending, which I didn't want to. I'm, that's terrible. Don't be condescending, Egberto. That's, you know that's not who you are. Uh, but I, I just listened to myself and like, hey, wait a minute, that statement was condescending. That's not what I meant, my brothers and sisters at all, so forgive me. I heard myself. I really heard myself there. Okay, Mike Cisak says, actually, you know what? Let's go ahead and do my, um, I have one other video. It looks like I didn't load that video up, but this one I think is also important. This one, ah, Scott Galloway, I did load it, Scott Galloway. I want you to listen to this because this is something I've been talking about for a long time, right? How we constantly, even our government, helping the corporations and not putting the money where the people is. And listen to and Mike Cisak about charity. I want you to listen to this. This guy is, a, is quite understanding of what really goes on. And he also understands what it would be nice if modified capitalism would be. Listen, and then we'll take it on the other side. NYU marketing professor and, of course, Pivot podcast co-host Scott Galloway. He's the author of the new book, Post-Corona, From Crisis to Opportunity. Scott, you have been saying this for months. People need money, not businesses. That was going to happen at least 600 bucks. Are you surprised that the president is looking to blow this up? Yeah, it's sort of several hundred billion dollars uh, too late. Uh, so, look, it's no accident. Today is sort of typical of our response to the pandemic in general, and that is we're not taking care of people. We have a third of renters are worried about being evicted. One in six households with children are food insecure. But the markets are up. It feels as if if our national character is revealed and what's happened with this stimulus, we've decided that Americans going hungry, Americans potentially having the the despair of not knowing they're going to have a roof over the head is bad. But what would be tragic is if the Nasdaq goes down. So quite frankly, I think that the uh, our government officials have decided that it's more important to prevent a tragedy of corporations as opposed to a tragedy of the commons. There's more money going to corporations than there are to individuals. Capitalism needs to rest on a base of empathy. We need to protect people, not corporations. The Nasdaq going up is cold comfort for what is taking place out there, Stephanie. Help us understand, put into context, how much damage is done to our economy 
each day without relief to struggling Americans. Well, this, if you look at what's required here, we need a couple things. One, we need to, we need to increase demand. The, the best way to come out of this economy or repair it, if you will, is to increase demand. And the people who will spend the money they get, if you give $10,000 to a small business owner, you'd like to think it ends up in the hands of their employees and that the business stays open. And there'll be some very well-publicized examples of that. But the best way to stimulate that multiplier, the velocity effect, is to take the bottom quartile of households approximately... 30 million. If you took that 320 billion extension in PPP loans and divided it up amongst the neediest households, you're talking about $10,000 in the hands of the neediest households. You probably immediately address some of the homeless threats, some of the food insecurity threats. And the thing is about low income and middle, lower middle income uh, consumers and households, when they get 10,000 bucks, they, they spend it. In addition, probably the best thing for these companies moving forward to ensure that we're building bridges, not peers, or businesses that aren't going to be sustainable in this new economy is to let people decide, consumers decide, which restaurants, which businesses stay in business. But every day, we are creating more and more of a society with 3 million lords being ser served by 350 million serfs. I worry that this money is not only solving or not only preventing, not preventing a tragedy of the commons, but it's not helping our economy. We have too many deaths of despair. We have people who need more money. We need to protect people, not corporations. This is, this is exactly what capitalism is not supposed to be. Capitalism is supposed to be full-body contact violence, and that friction and that competition at a corporate level creates prosperity so that we can be more empathetic with people. We've decided in this economy, Stephanie, that we need to be harsh and Darwinistic on individuals and be loving and empathetic with corporations. Corporations are an abstract. Let them go out of business. Take that money and protect Americans, not companies. We spend a lot of time. Take that money. If we're to make progress in this country, one, we have to one, first one, of all. Wrong one, wrong one. All right. Take that money and protect corporations. Absolutely right about that. He's absolutely right about that. Okay, we're going to go to our interview. But before we go to the interview, since we're at the halfway mark, this is the part where I ask you to support the show. First of all, if you're just us now the one thing that i want to ask you to do is please go ahead and share the program but beforehand if you're listening to us on youtube please click that join button please click that join button and become a part of our our pdr posse by our good friend uh, our good friend uh bridge mcp she actually made a nice little uh, a nice little circle for a nice little thing for us that i'm about to Put up on the screen where she says, be a part of the, I'm, I'm having to resize it here because as it turns out, I lost it. But here it is. Be a part of the politics done right posse, the PDR posse, according to Bridge MCP. Just click that join button there. Click that join button and become a part of the posse. Uh, and also do remember as well that there are many other ways to support uh, politics done right. Many to support politics done right. How can you do that? First of all, you can get our books, right? The, first, the book that you see on the screen right now, uh, It's Worth It, How to Talk to Your Right-Wing Neighbors, etc. Uh, you can get it at YouTube. I just went ahead. I mean, uh, you can get it at Amazon. I just went ahead and put the link in there. Or if you want to get around the middle person, you can go ahead and get it at our store, politicsdoneright.com slash store, politicsdoneright.com slash store. That is how you can get our book. Uh, it's worth it. But you can also get a few of other books that we have, which is like, uh, as I see it, Class Warfare, The, uh, the Best Resort to Right-Wing Doom, or Lose Weight and Be Fit Now. I've had my weight problems, and that's what I've done to actually mitigate that. That is what I've honestly said to myself, you know, we got to do the activists have to stay in shape, man, because there's a hell of a lot of work that we got to go out there and do. So you can either get that at all my books are at Amazon, or you can also go to politicsunright.com slash store to get the book. If you are not on YouTube, you can still join our posse by going to politicsunright.com slash YouTube, politicsunright.com slash YouTube. You can support us as well, join in becoming a what's called a Patreon. P-A-T-R-E-O-N. And to do that, you just go to politicsunright.com slash Patreon. Again, that is politicsunright.com slash P-A-T-R-E-O-N. And of course, we all take PayPal. So you can go to politicsunright.com slash PayPal to support us via PayPal. politicsunright.com slash PayPal. I am done. 
uh, I'm done saying please support the show. All I'm going to ask you again, please click that join button and support the show by buying our books. By buying, on, by the way, on, on YouTube as well, you see all those T-shirts and stuff that we sell, masks with uh, saying I support independent media, all that kind of stuff. Please consider doing that. All of everything that you do there, you're helping us move the message forward. You're helping us with our blogging. You're helping us with our article writing. You're helping us put in stuff in newspapers and all over. It's, all of that is done to make sure that the progressive message get into the progressive space. Okay, let's go ahead and say a quick hello to everybody, then we go to the interview. Welcome aboard, Bridge MCP, welcome aboard. Michael Rudnan, welcome aboard. Uh, Michael Cisak, welcome aboard. Uh, I saw uh, Gwen Coley Christie, welcome aboard. Uh, who else is here? Who else is here? Mark Smith from England, welcome aboard. Uh, let's see, Michael, I got you already. Uh, uh, Cotter, welcome aboard. Cease, I got you already too. Uh, let's see who else is here. Wow, we got quite a bit. I'm kind of going through fast. Uh, Robert Reed, welcome aboard. Uh, para ver, Bam Bam, which is Tank 28, welcome aboard. <laughs> Tank 28, I have all these different names, you know. Uh, Jody Jecha Van Strat, welcome aboard. Uh, let's see who else is here. Who else is here? All right. Let's go ahead and do the interview, and then we'll come back. AVQ, welcome aboard. Welcome aboard. Welcome aboard. Let's go with that interview right now. Welcome to one more edition of Politics Dutton, right? I'm Egberto Willis, your host. I'm here today with Brian Carr. Brian Carr is a Chief Advance Officer for Northwest Assistance Ministries. In these times that are very difficult, where we have a government that is not responsive to the people. It falls on the goodwill. It falls on the goodwill of many people to go out there and do the necessary work to make sure that we behave as we should as human beings, unlike what goes on around. So what I want to do is, first of all, thank you, Brian, for being here with us. How are you doing this morning? Thanks for having me and uh, happy holidays to you. Happy holidays, Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, whatever it is to whomever. Uh, welcome aboard. Anyhow, um, you are the uh, Chief Adv- Advancement Officer at Northwest Assistant Ministries, which you guys are an organization that help people out in their times of need, in their stressful times. What are you seeing in Houston area where you work, the Northwest portion of Houston where you work, uh, compared to what you've seen throughout the last few years? It, it's been really... Um heartbreaking the need that we have seen um from about march all the way through today we've seen a steady increase in requests for rent assistance for food assistance assistance to pay light bills Um, we have a family violence center that has seen an increase in domestic violence reports um we, we've really seen people that have never ex- asked for help before. Over 50% of those that have requested assistance from us this year, this is their first time requesting help from anyone. And so people that were really felt comfortable, that felt steady and had a good foundation under them, this year has really just pulled the rug out from underneath them. It has been... Um, it's really been heartbreaking this year to see how many people need help. Now, tell me uh, beforehand, tell me a little bit about Northwest Assistance Ministries. Uh, where did you come from? How did you come about? What do you do? Where do you cover? Is it just the Texas, Houston, Texas area? Tell us a little bit about what you do. Sure. About 35, 37 years ago, 10 different congregations in the Northwest area of Houston Um, wanted to address the economic downturn that had happened because of the energy bust at that time. And they realized that as a group, they could serve the community much stronger than as individual congregations. So they started Northwest Assistance Ministries. We're faith-based, but we're not a denomination. We, We work with hundreds of congregations. We work with the public. We work with the school districts, we work with the government, but our main mission is to provide basic human needs. And so we have um, a food pantry, we have a pediatric health center, 
We have an assistance department that helps with rent and housing. Um, we are one of the largest providers of Meals on Wheels to homebound seniors in the Northwest area. We have a training and learning center and we have a senior center for programs for seniors as well. So we're a multifaceted organization trying to supply just the basic human needs, food, shelter, financial stability, job training, workforce development to help those clients that want to dig out of this hole that want to improve their life. And, and it's kind of that old adage, you can teach someone to fish or you can give them a fish. And so we're, we're teaching them to fish, but sometimes you just have to, you have to reach down and give them a helping hand, get them on solid ground so they can then better their lives. And that's where Northwest Assistance Ministries fits in. Um, we're not welfare. We're not uh, a government extension. Every dollar that comes to us is, is asked for. We, it's either from the public, from foundations, corporations. Um, and so it it's really is a matter of neighbors helping neighbors. Well, you know, in, in a time where uh, I have to be honest, I have lost much faith in uh in in churches i've lost much much faith in 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 what's been going on when i heard about what you guys are doing a conglomeration of churches that are actually doing a good deed all i could say is for me that was impressive because what i found uh is that uh, most of our uh, not most but a lot a large proportions of our churches have been in it for building the church, building the masonry, building these things, things that Jesus would have thrown out on the Sabbath uh, for the things that they're building now. And to watch that there's an organization like yours out there doing what I believe the church should be doing in extension of whatever social programs there are, I'd like to give you some kudos on that because I think it is imperative that if you are going to have these uh, uh, these. 501c3 type statuses, et cetera, that you actually, there's a reason for, uh, for doing it. So first of all, thank you for what you're doing. Now you stated earlier that, um, and I like a phrase that you use. Um, you said you're not welfare. Uh, the, the fact of the matter is most people uh, don't want welfare. Most people want to go out there and work. Most people want to do something with dignity. Uh, you talked about um, not giving them the fish, but teaching them how to fish. That is wonderful. The other thing, of course, is if you want to teach them to fish, you need to make sure they're fish in the sea and also that there's a rod with which to catch the fish. So, exactly. um, and that is what has been missing many times around. Now, you, you found that, that you said something that really touched me when you talk about there are people now that are asking for help that had never in their lives asked for help. Right? Americans have always for a long time known how to suffer in silence. Expand on that a bit, because I don't think people understand the severity with which uh, this stuff is really hitting America and people that had never thought they would have ever gotten hit before. As I, as I said, over half of the people that we have served in 2020, as far as rent assistance and food assistance, this is the first time they've asked for help. And we know, expanding on what you were saying, how deep they had to get in their disparity to be able to request that help, to be able to humble themselves, to be able to reach out and say, I, I, I need a little help here. And, and, and I'll tell you a story, a quick example we had a gentleman that owned his own business. He was a, a mechanic and his niche was he would travel to you and work on your car wherever it was. And, and he had a really booming business and he was raising three daughters on his own and they were getting along. They weren't rich by most people's needs, but they were very comfortable and they were secure. Well, once COVID hit, a lot of people lost the income to be able to get their cars worked on. And he went from 10 to 12 jobs a week down to four to five jobs a week. Then it went down to two jobs a week. 
and then the phone stopped ringing. And this man, very prideful man, very proud that he had built his business and he was taking care of his family. He walked into, into Nam and he was crying. He was crying to our case managers and he didn't know how to ask for help. He didn't even know what to ask for. And, but he did. And we were able to give him some food vouchers. We were able to help him with several months rent and give him an opportunity to, to breathe, to then look at other ways to market his business. And while the economy still hasn't rallied completely, he is, he's back on his feet and, and he is paying his rent on his own now. And, and he just needed that breather. He needed a little boost to help him. He had reached the end of everything he knew to do. And I think that's a good reflection of the clients that have come in this year for the first time. They really don't even know how to ask for help. And that is, Brian, I, I, I tell you something. What, what is interesting is his story is a story of millions of people. All the people that I know that, that, are, that are needy, okay? That's the kind of story that I hear. The stories that I hear on TV about the welfare queen and all of that, that that's dramatized, right? That is generally, believe it or not, the exception. Most people, when, when I get up in the mornings and you go on the freeway, the freeway are, are full. Where are those right. people going? You know, I, I try, you know, in, in, in a lot of the, we're a, we're a political program, I, I granted, but I wanted to have you on because uh, politics is also social issues as well. And having good works like you're doing, I think it's important for people to see. And having you say what you've said about that mechanic, I think gives a different, uh, uh, gives a different tonality to many who would just think, oh, they're just looking for a handout. Most people don't want a handout. Hey, guys, it's Mike. As you know, I adopted my pup Rocky from a local rescue. Now, when people asked me what kind of dog Rocky was, I was always stumped. I used an Embark Dog DNA test to decode my most puzzling questions about Rocky. You can also learn about your dog's inner secrets with Embark, the highest-rated dog DNA test. Unlock over 350 breeds and screen for over 200 genetic health risks. Save $50 on a breed and health kit with promo code KIT at EmbarkVet.com. Again, that's promo code KIT. Introducing touch-free payments from PayPal, a safe way for your customers to pay. Simply download the PayPal app and display your own unique QR code for your customers to scan. Whether you're a market seller, I'll take two tomatoes and a poodle pamperer, <laughs> piano tuner, or plumber, signing up to accept touch-free payments for your business is easy. Touch-free QR code payments. Shop safe with PayPal. We, we had a lady just yesterday, we, we were doing a holiday toy distribution and, and holiday food. And there was a lady who waited in line for a couple of hours to come in and get some toys. And she was very polite, very respectful, very humble, very quiet lady. And we had to fill out a little sheet of paper that said, how many children are you getting toys for? And she just quietly said, 11. Whoa. And we said, 11? And she goes, yes, I'm having to raise my grandchildren. Oh. Her, we, we, we found out the story that she has two children and they both have lost their income due to COVID. Both of them actually caught the disease, caught the, the, the virus. And so she has been raising these 11 children and she's retired. She has done her work. She has raised her family. And now out of nowhere, she has 11 children to feed, to buy clothes for, to put a shelter over. And so she came to Nam, and we were able to load her up with a sleigh full of presents and 
we we got her a holiday meal with turkey and and all the fixings and she was just so grateful she 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 didn't want more she wasn't asking for a big check she wasn't asking please take over for me she just she just didn't know how to get toys for 11 kids on a fixed income and to address the issue with congregations this year we had an overwhelming need for presents for gifts for kids we had to we had to collect nearly 20,000 presents this year wow and our congregations are used to us asking for three to 4,000 presents. And we challenged them and we said, this is on you. We're, we're gonna ask the community, but the congregations really need to step up. The congregations themselves collected over 8,000 presents. So they are stepping up, they are hearing the need and 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 these are congregations from large mega churches to to small churches that maybe have 10 people and a lot of them aren't meeting right now they're not even collecting um, ties and and donations and offerings and but yet they are filling our food pantry with food staples and they are donating presents to those that they don't even know that they may not belong to their church but they belong to their community and i think if we look at that word community that's that's where the strength is that's where the strength is in this country and that's where the strength is in nonprofits like nam we don't serve all states we're not a large organization we serve roughly a service area that has 1.1 million people, not even all of Houston. And we, we depend on the public, we depend on corporations, we depend on donations from anywhere. And the congregations are a big part of that. And what we found this year was there was an expectation of an organization like NAM to step up and meet the need but the community says, you're going to do the work, but we're going to give you the tools. We're going to give you those fishing poles. We're going to open up that um, lake for you to, to fish in. We're going to supply you with what you need to, to serve the community. And it has been beautiful. It has been humbling from my experience to sit there and watch the lines wrap around our building for assistance, but then realize that the community is meeting that need. And America is not dead. The, 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 the idea of helping your neighbor is not gone away. I think it's stronger than ever. Brian Carr, tell me how can people, I, I want people to contact you guys. I want people to uh, be there for you, not only for the, the, the holiday season, but going forward because this thing is long lasting. How can people help you? The easiest way is just to go to our website, which is NAM, N-A-M, online.org, NAM, online.org, and Find out about our programs. There's there's ways to volunteer. There's ways to donate, um, and spread the word. Let let others know that there are organizations out there um, that we're here. We're here to help. Brian Carr, Chief Advancement Officer for Northwest Assistant Ministries. From this humanist to this Christian, thank you so kindly for the work that you're doing. I think uh, you bring back hope to a whole lot of people with the work that you guys are doing. And that work, uh, that statement about community and us wanting to help each other means more than anything else. Thank you so kindly for being here. Well, thank you. All right, folks, I hope you enjoyed that. I really love the work that these guys are doing. I mean, I've, I've lost faith completely 
in churches. This is a consortium of churches that got together to do a whole lot of good work. And yeah, we see churches that donate here and there, but it's always sort of, a, it's almost always in a capitalist form, right? Oh, they, they donate in, but it's a profit in to donate. I mean, this, the, the way this, this particular ministry of ministries operate, uh, I, I just love it. It has nothing to do with church, even though it's funded by a whole lot of churches, uh, but just the work that they do. And what I've heard about them, it is just great work. And I know there are a lot of other organizations doing that. And as I, as I find them, as they reach out, as I find them, I like to put them on. Because I think these are people that need exposure that don't necessarily get it. And I think more exposure means more work for them to, um, you know, more access to capital, more access to what they need to get their work done. Welcome aboard, Kathy Pascal. Pa- Kathy Pascal says, I support independent media. Thank you for being a wonderful supporter, Kathy. It's very much appreciated. You're a wonderful person like a lot of our supporters in this room right now and outside of this room. And some that don't even, that tells me, Egbert, I only watch a show once a month, Egbert, or I only watch a show twice a week, Egberto. But you know what? We want to make sure you stay doing this stuff. Look, I appreciate all of you that are here every day. I appreciate those of you that are here sometimes. I appreciate some of you. I don't care whatever time you spend, but I, I want to ask you, please share, 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 share these programs. Okay. Bridge MCP says, God bless them. So, so many organizations out there. The lines are heartbreaking. Yes, they are. And with the pandemic continuing, it's dif- it's difficult to watch. It's difficult to see. Hey, Bridge, thank you for putting the the uh, the link to their to their website in the feed. I appreciate that quite very much. Michael Rudden said, "Charity won't be enough this time for this crisis." Michael, you are absolutely right. Government has to be involved. Government, we the people have to get the job done. You're so right about that, sir. Uh continuing, continuing. Let's see what I missed here. Uh, if I missed anything here, okay, folks. If you have anything else to add, just drop it, drop, drop it down below, and I will be more than happy to state it. Let's see if I, there's anything somebody wants me to repeat here that I can repeat. That I people in red states that are shut down aren't having to deal with being out of a job, out of business, and aren't having to depend on government or charity. Oh, Mike Cisek, Mike Cisek, Mike Cisek. I would love to sit down with you for a whole couple of days with a cup of coffee so we could really go over things. Uh, the thing about it is this. The people that follow Donald Trump believe Donald Trump is of any use. Um, I am not sure exactly how that happened. I'm not sure exactly how a charlatan like that, a loser like that, could have convinced so many that he has it right. Somebody who's never run a successful company, somebody who has never run a legitimate company. How did he amass such a following from a people? And I think, uh, and and Rudnan, you're going to get mad at me at this, but I think it's partially our fault, the fault of the progressives. I honestly think it's partially our fault. Um, Because I think uh, we, a lot of times, you know, people say, well, they can meet us halfway too. Yeah, but we are the progressives, right? So we got to meet people where they are. As as uh, Frank, what is his name? Uh, Frank, the book, who, who wrote What's the Matter with Kansas? Uh, Tom Franks, I believe is his name. Uh, but I honestly think we have to make an effort. I Tomorrow, I think, either tomorrow or the day after, I'm going to put on Dr. Anand Bhatt. Uh, we did an interview earlier today. And he said something about the way poor people are divided among the Democratic Party and the Republican Party. And that is the biggest danger to our well-being, to the well-being of poor people in any party, in all parties. Not only the poor people, but the middle class in all parties. And we're going we, we're gonna to play him sometime, either tomorrow or the day after or whatever. You know, I'm, I'm, because Mike Sisak is a good guy, he's a farmer. We need Mike Sisak. And that Mike Sisak is so wedded to somebody like Donald Trump is scary. That Donald Trump got 74 million votes, it's scary. Because those of us who are wide-eyed and open, we're, we understand it. Egberto, it's Christmas Eve. Tom, then Christmas. Tomorrow, then Christmas. You're going to be here? Yeah, I'm going to be here for 
Christmas Eve. Christmas, I, I don't know if I'm going to do a tape show or what yet. I, I am not sure yet. I mean, come on and sing for you guys. Sing Silent Night, Holy Night or something. I don't know. Maybe I'll do something. Um, you know, I, 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 I love talking to my peeps. You know that. I love my peeps. I love I, I love our our what what is it again um bridge or posse I love our posse and our posse extends past this uh <laughs> yeah Ashley's gonna kill me <laughs> yeah she and you know what she's gonna be she's here with us uh you know she came she flew in you should see her PDR posse you put PDTs PDR posse yeah she came all masked up two masks the 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 vice two visors actually one that got fogged up and another one but she protected herself well on her way coming here let's see robert reed says have you seen the jimmy Dore aoc fiasco do you think it would behoove black people to take a similar stance against progressives to get reparation inside of a progressive omnibus bill with m4a one at a time i've been watching the jimmy Dore aoc fiasco I tend to not like the way Jimmy Dore is attacking AOC because I think AOC is playing the long, intelligent game. AOC knows what she is doing. I am very confident in AOC's chops. A lot of people don't get it. AOC, uh, all the Republican and uh, the Republican Congress people, are scared to death of her. You know why? When they all go to their committee meetings, the person that has all the stats, the person that knows how government works on the particular issue she's talking about, she's always on top of the material. Always. And a, a, a Republican made a mistake and challenged her. And one of his Republican friends said, you better not do that. She knows her stuff. In other words, we are playing politics. She's playing social service to the American people to her constituents. She knows what she's doing. This is a 31-year-old young lady. I first interviewed her, by the way, when she was, before she won New York, did a good interview with her. And I told her straight up that she was going to beat the big guy that she beat to get to Congress because you could see that she understood how to play the game without selling her soul. I think Jimmy Dore... Maybe I don't want to I don't want to throw anything at him by saying for ratings or whatever. I mean Jimmy Dore runs rings around me with ratings. My ratings come late in the game and it's very low compared to this guy. But I think that's part of the reason, right? Make a hell of a something on AOC and you get a hundred thousand hits. Be calm and say certainly you're not gonna get as many. I think Jimmy Dore is not doing the right thing with uh, AOC. When it comes to black people and the progressives taking up reparations, yes, eventually, yes. Is it the time now? No. Because reparations can be used to scare white people. And tell me if you, uh, Bridge MCP, expand on that for me. I know you understand what I'm saying here. We don't want to add any kind of things that create more degrees of freedom in thought that's going to slow down the progress in general of all. Example. By the way, reparations help everybody. But reparations can be spun to hurt. And if it's not done correctly, it can be done to lose it all, not only for black people in particular, but for the masses in general. Maybe we should do an entire show on that one because I got to go right now. But I want to tell you guys, uh, thank you very much for being here. I know you can be anywhere else. Uh, love you all. Thank you all for being here. My name is Egberto Willis. This is Politics Done Right. And you know how I'm going to close out this baby. I am what? Out! 
we spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join. I'm Robert Conti, Chief of the Metropolitan Police Department. Unfortunately, traffic fatalities are up in the district and I need your help to reverse this trend. Seatbelt save lives and reduce the risk of death or injury. Click it or ticket. Introducing touch-free payments from PayPal, a safe way for your customers to pay. Simply download the PayPal app and display your own unique QR code for your customers to scan. Whether you're a market seller, I'll take two tomatoes and a poodle pamperer, <laughs> piano tuner, or plumber, signing up to accept touch-free payments for your business is easy. Touch-free QR code payments. Shop safe with PayPal.